They may have retired their party girl hats, but they are still popping the bubbles. Come listen in on two lifelong best friends having unfiltered conversations about life, love, and now their journey into motherhood with the crazy stuff that happens along the way. So go ahead and pour your favorite drink because it's time to pump and dump. Here's your favorite duo, Maggie and Julie. Hey guys, welcome to Time to Pump and Dump, episode nine. Crazy. Today, I feel like is going to be a really good day. I have all this amplified energy. It could also be because I had like a gallon of coffee. Nice. It's a prep for our interviewee. Sorry, I just blanked. Our interviewee today, our guest star, Laura Hunter with Moms on Call. Yeah. Are you so pumped? I'm so pumped. I feel like we've been talking about this one for a long time and you guys, fate just was on our side. I feel like I emailed Laura or I direct messaged Laura on, um, on Instagram, like a couple months ago, asking her if she wanted to be on the podcast. And she said, yes, I think you guys are in for a really real big treat today. Um, it's going to be fun. We've got some good questions laid out for her and it's going to be awesome. But before we get into her segment, we just came back from the beach. We spent, what was that? Three days together mm-hmm. the beach. Yeah. Um, definitely. Like we promised last episode, we were going to bring that content. We were going to do some reels and do some, we never got into TikToks, but it was a little harder than we thought. Yeah. I feel like we're a little bit out of the social media game. I say we, me hundred percent, you were even like showing me certain things you know, I didn't know how to do on Instagram. You're like, let me show you. I feel like we're a little bit out of the game. TikTok is a little bit, um, you know, I want to say before our time uh, behind our time. Mm, We're behind the time. We are behind the time with the TikToks. I don't know if I'll ever be, you know, fully in the TikTok world. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I will be either. Then we tried to record ourselves dancing. And I mean, y'all know that Julie's pregnant right now. So she wasn't able to enjoy some beers on the trip. I was. And then so watching the, watching us dancing, I'm like, no, you know what? I'm going to keep that saved for my private enjoyment. Um, (laughs) Was it bad? I didn't even get to see it. I'll send it to you later. I I was like trying to be funny and I had just gotten out of the shower. So I was like brushing my hair as a part of the dance (laughs) move. Um, it was ridiculous, but we had a lot of fun. This was my first time taking Tipton to the beach. And I was a little bit nervous about just having him there. Why are you looking at my eyebrow like that? Beach. What? Your voice. Oh, I'm so- <laughs> beach. Um, I thought you were making fun of my crazy eyebrow that sometimes lifts up, but it was a lot of fun. Tipton like made this experience enjoyable. Um, I was really nervous about taking a, you know, a baby to the beach and the ocean. And I was just kind of feeling like I was going to be like on pins and needles, but I was pretty relaxed, which was a pleasant surprise. You were very relaxed. We also got to meet our really good friend, Leslie's baby for the very first time. So that was also super fun. Seeing the two babies together interacting was so cool. It was so cool. And she literally cloned herself with her son. So it's like looking at our best friends, but in a boy baby version, you're so right. (laughs) It was super cute. I actually got, um, I got sunglasses for the boys. And before we left, Sean was like, um, are you not going to get some for Julie's baby? I was like, why would I get, he made (laughs) me feel really bad about it. He was like, she can like put them on her belly. That's like, you you can't leave out babies and Aubrey. I'm like, but he's not here yet. He's not here, you know, that he really means well. And I think that's so sweet that he was thinking of him before he's even born. And like, yeah, I mean, I could have, you know, joined in on the, on the, on the sunglass picture, but just put the sunglasses over the belly button, but yeah, it could have been cute. It could have been cute. You guys, if you're listening and you have not seen the reel that we did of Julie struggling at the beach, it was probably (laughs) the funniest thing. I think Julie, I think I've watched that video like 20 times. (laughs) It's essentially a, um, a little compilation of Julie struggling throughout the day. Um, she woke up with a really swollen face and then she was waddling on the beach. Y'all it is hilarious. 
Yeah. You know, going to the beach pregnant, and I actually asked Sean this when we were there, if you ever went to the beach while you were pregnant, but that was during COVID. So yeah, I know. I took a vacation, but it's definitely very different being pregnant and being like the only one not able to like enjoy in like, you know, the margaritas or the frozen yeah. batteries. I don't know the white claw on the beach. Yeah. Um, you're mainly just, con- or I'm going to say, I say you're as if I'm talking for all moms, me, I'm mainly just concerned about like eating my way through the entire weekend. Um, so yeah, that first day that we got there, I literally woke up, looked like I had gotten beaten by a bat because the Doritos had just taken over. Like I was so swollen. I actually did notice you were swollen. You came into the bathroom, we were brushing our teeth and that was one of the times I was like, she, I can actually see it. I can see this. I could see, I could see the swollen face. I told you, I was like, Maggie, I'm so swollen this morning. And usually you're like, no, you look great. But you're like, yeah, you're a little swollen. (laughs) It was like, you were puffy around the eyes. That's what it felt like. But no, the beach was lots of fun. Um, I feel like we should get into our pump and dumps because we've got a lot scheduled for this episode today. So let's just go ahead and get into it. So do you want to start or do you want me to start? Yeah, I can start. Um, I will say definitely, like I just said in, in the little intro there, having Tipton at the beach, a thousand percent, my pump, getting to see your baby go into the ocean for the first time and just like figuring it out, figuring sand out, just, he actually didn't eat as much sand as we were anticipating, but he was like independently playing on the beach, just had a shovel, just kind of like raking it through. And that made me super excited about future beach trips, because I feel like if your baby hates the beach and you're like, let's put this off for a couple of years. Yeah. Like, you know, but he wasn't afraid of the sand. He really wasn't afraid of the water, except I feel like that second day, it was just a little too cold, but definitely being at the beach with like my little family. And then also some best friends from college was hands down my pump. I would go back this weekend if we could. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, getting into my little dump of the day, Julie, you know, that we've had a cockroach problem here at the house, right? Well, I never even shared this on one of the previous episodes. One time a cockroach landed in my shirt, um, which was absolutely awful. Touched the boobies mm-hmm. and had to throw off my shirt. Well, this morning I stepped on it. Oh gosh. Barefoot. Oh my Barefoot. gosh. And you you hear the, um, it was disgusting. I feel like we, we have a cockroach problem. They've come out here like now three times spraying the house Hmm. and we're still finding them. Like we don't live in the woods. We don't live in some crazy area. Like where are they still coming from? So yeah, I stepped on a cockroach barefoot this morning, which then just like freaked me out. So then I'm on like my hands and knees crawling around. Cause I certainly don't want Tipton to discover one. No. That would be awful. Oh, the hands down. I've written, ran and washed my feet before I even picked up, before I even cleaned up the cockroach. I was like, just, I went and scrubbed my foot, but I didn't look at it. Ew. I'm just imagining that sound. And then like the guts. Ew. I know. Yeah, I know. Sorry. That was my job. That was literally like, not a lot of bad stuff happened to me this past week. Um, except for I stepped on a cockroach. That's pretty much the worst of the worst. It's disgusting. All right. So I'll just go right into mine. Mine are super quick. Um, my pump is definitely going to be seeing Ruben this weekend with both of the babies just like made my ovaries explode. And I mean, it was just the sweetest thing, him like holding both the boys at the beach yeah, around with them, playing with them in the sand. I don't know what it is about just seeing like your husband with the baby. It just, mm-hmm. It just makes you love them so much more. He like gave me time, like a moment to all the girls were sitting. And so like, I was able to sit back and relax and not be hands-on with him. Cause he was playing in the sand with him. He yeah. got him his water. Cause he was like, he just looked thirsty. He took him down to the beach. Like they were on their own and he gave me and Sean a break. It was it, Julie. He, he is, he's ready to be a dad. He's ready. I think it, he had such great practice. Um, and was loving all of it. So anyways, that's my pump and my dump is I went on a walk yesterday and it was like my first, like really intense, I would say like workout walk where I was like walking with the intention of like trying to break a sweat. 
And, um, I woke up this morning, like yeah. cannot move. I'm so sore. Really? Yes. Because like your, your legs are sore, my legs, my rear, everything. Cause like I was going up hill heels up. There it is, there it is again. I was going up hills and, um, oh my gosh. And I had done like the hill trans, like whatever, three different times. And that was a mistake because this morning I woke up, I was like, oh my God. Oh my gosh. Are you starting to feel any of that back pain yet? The sciatica or like in your lower back. I feel like if you go on like a really hilly walk, your back's going to hurt. That could just be me. Not there yet. All right. All right. Well, okay. Also uh, let's credit it to maybe just our age because we were throwing the baseball on the beach. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I used to play softball, which was hours long of a game. We threw for 15 minutes. My arm is like still dead today. (laughs) That was three days ago. Oh my gosh. So we're, so basically we're out of shape. Yeah, we are. Um, can we point out again that we are, almost identical matching and we're about to have this interview with Laura and she's going to be like, well, are these girls intentionally matching or what is this? We have to address it. We're going to have to. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, um, we are clearly obsessed with each other and we're almost 30 and we match. I was actually thinking about that when we were getting ready, because obviously people know that we are now intentionally doing it, but like that, that come on. When I was getting ready, I was like, is she going to think that we're 12? Oh my gosh. Whoops. Well, I'm super excited. This episode is going to be awesome. Um, it's going to be fun. So hold on to your britches. Hold on to them britches girls. But she can't, she is going to bring so much material. I feel like just for all the new moms mm-hmm. for existing moms yeah. who plan to get pregnant, it's going to be amazing. So guys, Stay tuned for our next segment when we come back with Laura Hunter with Moms on Call. Okay, here we go. All right, I'm going to open it up. Okay, y'all, I am so thrilled and honored to be introducing our guest this week, Laura Hunter. So Laura wrote the book Moms on Call alongside fellow pediatric nurse and her friend, Jennifer Walker. And between the two of them, they have eight children and over 20 years of experience being both pediatric nurses and nurses on call. And one of my favorite taglines on the back of the book says, who says babies don't come with instructions? They do now. So Moms on Call has saved families countless of trips to doctor's offices and given parents their sleep back. And I'll just have to end it with that because I could go on and on about how this book has been such a lifesaver in our household. And it is truly like, I feel like I'm interviewing like one of my favorite authors right now. You are such a staple in our house. I have the two books right here beside me. Um, So thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so excited and I can't wait. These questions that we're going to be answering, we're just going to have a blast today. Okay. So before we go into our questions, we do have lots of them. Um, We wanted to bring you in on what we do every episode and that's called our pump and dump. So we wanted to hear your pumps and dump of the week and go ahead and start with your pump. So something really good that happened to you. Oh, okay. So what has happened this week is one of our children, I have five, I have a 30-year-old and a 22-year-old twin, 19-year-olds, and the little handsome who is uh, 18. So I've had a couple of really good uh, things to happen this week. One was the baby graduated from high school, and uh, so the last one to graduate high school, so that's kind of a I mean, that might could be my duck because my mama <laughs> heart is still having a hard time. Yeah, you're, you're an empty nester now. Yes, yes. And then, um, but the other is one, one of our girls got engaged. So we had this incredible surprise proposal oh and God. she is the hardest person to pull one over on, uh, but we did it. She was so surprised, had no clue uh, what was happening that night. And so, and she did say yes. So that is definitely. Congratulations. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's so exciting. That's a really big week. Very big week. A lot to take in, in one week. Is this your first time being a mother of a bride or a groom or do you have? 
Yes. Oh my goodness. The first. Um, wow. and so we get a, a, another son and we have, we absolutely adore him. That's amazing. Well, congratulations. Wedding planning uh, is not for the weary. No, <laughs> it is not. And, and thank goodness this one is, she is pretty, um, low key, so to speak. So okay. she will, she has it all mapped out in her head as to what it's going to look like and okay. how it's going to be. And it won't end up being anything <laughs> like that. We all know that. Um, but she, it, it will be pretty, pretty simple. So she's, she's hoping to, to have it over at a friend's house. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's really yeah. sweet. We're really excited. So it'll well, be, it'll be down the road a little bit. Yeah. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. And then do you have a dump, something that wasn't so great this week? Yes, we have. Um, so we have three dogs. Um, we have two rescues and then we have a boxer and, um, and Shelby is one of our dogs and she belongs with the oldest. So that is the oldest dog. And so they uh, live a little bit away from us, uh, but you know, just not far, just right down the road. But um, they moved into their own apartment, the dog and, and my oldest daughter mm -hmm. moved into their own apartment and they're so excited and life is great. And, but her tummy is not accepting um, the move too well oh, no. away from her, her besties. So we oh, have no. had to deal with some trips to the vet this week and get her tummy kind of, kind of settled down a little bit. She'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, but that's definitely a dump. I have, I, I, I really hate to hear that because I have a very soft spot in my heart for dogs. We have two dogs as well. And we, we just recently moved. And every time that we have moved one of our dogs, it never fails, always has something always ends with a trip to the vet. I don't know if it's like the dust is going around or he just like the anxiety of trying something new, but yeah. without question, every single time, it's always a trip to the vet when we're making a move. Yep. Yep. And this has definitely happened. And of course, you know, she's like, well, maybe she doesn't want to be with me. You know? <laughs> oh. She'll settle down. She'll be just fine. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you for sharing that. It's always kind of a good way to, to start our episodes, just to get people to know you and kind of what happened this week. So with that being said, I think we should just go ahead and jump right into our Q and A. Let's just dive right in because like I mentioned before we started recording, I'm going to be a new mom. So I'm just going to soak everything in like a sponge. So I feel like I had like 50 plus questions for you and we had to narrow it down because we don't have all day, obviously. <laughs> so, um, my husband and I are going to, we, we plan to start following moms on call. My question to you is at what point do we need to first open that book to prepare for the sleep training and everything that goes along with it. I love that question, Julie. And, and really, I recommend once you get to about that last trimester, you want to go ahead and grab that book, get okay. it out, start to go through that. We actually in the book have a baby shower list. Um, so right in the very front of the book, you'll have a kind of a medicine cabinet list and you'll have a general list, but we also have a baby shower list there. So just make sure you get that. That way you can just kind of check yeah. off the things that you need. And we really try hard to keep it simple. You can have three times as much as is listed there, um, but start at about that third trimester and that'll get you kind of a jump start on, on the items, the tangible yeah. things that you need, but it'll also get you kind of in that mindset of, okay, what, what is it going to look like? the mm -hmm. first couple of weeks that we get home and it doesn't matter it's never exactly what what is there you know the first two weeks at home are, are rough they're just everybody's yeah. learning to dance and we're on an adrenaline high and it's absolutely the sweetest and most mm -hmm. magical thing in the whole wide world and yet then the exhaustion hits us and we're scared <laughs> and that anxiety is there but um but it does kind of give you an idea of, okay I'm gonna do you know, put one foot in front mm -hmm. of the other and we're going to oh, have this plan. And, um, and you can start with mom's on call the day that that little one is born. Now it may not look exactly like a routine in the beginning, yeah. but you can absolutely swaddle. You can use the sound machine. You can begin to feed at about every two to three hours. Yeah. You can put down for a nap, even though you're not going to want to the first couple of weeks because you I just want to hold them. They're so stinking cute. Um, <laughs> but a couple of times a day, slap yeah. them up and put them down for that nap. 
Um, so that way they're getting some decent sleep because really in those first couple of weeks, all we're wanting to do is get your supply in and get them back to their birth weight. That's the goal, but they need rest in order to eat well. And they have to mm -hmm. eat well in order to rest. And, you know, mm -hmm. and it's just the cycle that we get into. So open up that book in that uh, third trimester and then begin Moms on Call pretty much from day one. It's just loosely followed. That's really good to know because I actually was talking to Maggie about this the other day. I am very much wanting to prepare everything that we're due early, uh, early October, but I want to have everything prepared by August. So I was messaging her the other day and I'm like, should I just go ahead and start reading this book? And I'm only in my second trimester. She's like, pump the brakes a little bit. Let's give it some time. Wait till it's a little bit closer, but I'm just so eager to learn and like soak everything in now. But I know along the way, you know, I'm going to be learning as we go with the book. So that's really helpful information. And Julie, that's one thing too, to also notice to, or to point out is you can read 10,000 books prior to this baby arriving, mm -hmm. but I promise you're not going to remember any of it right. because you don't know what's important. Mm -hmm. If right. you don't know what's important, you don't retain a whole lot. Mm -hmm. and, and except when you're right in the middle of that. Right. And that's it, why we wrote the book, the way we wrote it. It's yeah. an outline format. You yeah. know, it's simple. It's quick hits. It's not going to take you days and days to catch up. Mm -hmm. When your little one hasn't pooped in three days, you're going to open up the book and you're going to go step one, two, three, and the book gets closed and put back on the yeah, on right. the nightstand. So, you know, we, we wrote it that way very purposefully. And it, it does make so much more sense when you're in that moment, because I remember reading, um, probably second trimester, how much the baby was going to be either on the breast or using the bottle and every two hours. And I was just like, how in the world every two hours? Oh my gosh, I would be exhausted, but then, and you are exhausted, yeah. um, but it does, it does make so much more sense when you're in that moment too. Mm -hmm. And that outline, I mean, it truly was a lifesaver. Like I think thing that y'all wrote on the, on the back of the book that babies don't come with instructions. Well, this is about as close as you can get. And it's incredible. Love that. So we had a, we have a lot of moms who listen to our podcast. A lot of our moms are either new moms or expecting. And we had one of the questions come in asking if there was any, a time that it's too late to start a schedule or start sleep training with your baby. It's never too late. I mean, we, we go all the way through four years of age. Our oldest client was a five-year-old who had never slept more than 30 minutes at a time. Oh wow. um, my goodness. And, so, and I mean, this family was just a wreck. And yeah. so it's never too late to begin. And I also think that it's never too early mm -hmm. to start creating really good habits. I try to stay away from the word sleep training, even though that that is what everybody understands. Right. But we're, they know how to sleep. We don't have to train them to sleep, right? They, we are born, our bodies sleep. Yeah. But we can create really good habits or we can create really bad habits. And I'm all about creating really good habits from the start. That's just going to naturally and gradually result in longer stretches of sleep, better mm -hmm. sleep. And, and for some kids that might be six or eight weeks of age. Mm -hmm. For some kids, it may be 12 weeks of age, you know, um, and that's okay. You're going to have these ranges and, and yeah. probably one of the most important things that I like to say is there it's two steps forward and one step back. You're going to have really good days and you're going to have not so good days. And then you're going to have a lot of good days and you're like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. And then you're going to have a bad day. And then, you know, and, and really the goal should be more good days than bad. Yeah. Oh, then we're good. Mm -hmm. Then we're good. And it's not always going to look like, you know, black and white. And I'm type A. I want it to be black and white. I want everything to be black and white. And, it, and it's really not. It, it's a, a right-hand line and a left-hand line. And that's probably one of the biggest myths that we hear about moms on call mm -hmm. is that it's a strict schedule. Um, and it's really not. We give you that right. It should be flexible enough that you can enjoy life. Right. But not so flexible that nobody in the house knows what to expect. And there yeah. is a middle ground. Well, and going off of the, the strict that you hear that a lot, that was one of the things that talking to some of our friends, when we told them 
baby was going to be in the crib at, so we started day 14, baby's going to be in the crib at day 14. And people just thought we were crazy and they heard of this schedule. And then it was about, I would say three months later, they came to the house and they were like, oh my gosh, you guys are not crazy. This is incredible. This baby is so well-behaved sleeping for two hours at a time. And I will say the hormones, like when you read that you're putting your baby in the crib for two naps a day, your first thought was like, when am I ever going to see him? I'm never going to be around the baby. (laughs) And thankfully I also have a type a husband and who wasn't going through crazy hormone imbalance was like, we're doing this. You got to do this. But did y'all ever face crazy comments or naysayers that people thought, what are y'all doing? Every day. I mean, every day there's always somebody who does things differently. Mm -hmm. Um, or maybe they didn't know about it. So they, the way that they did it, they thought was the only way that was available. And the thought that there could have been another way just makes them bitter, Yeah, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, so I tend to, to give grace. Mm-hmm. I tend to give grace. And, you know, when somebody is saying those things and, and I have simple phrases in my pocket and it would be as simple as, oh, you know what? This really works for us and our family. And we're just all a lot happier when we, when mm-hmm. we have a routine. Right. But, you know, it's not for everybody. You're, I'm mm-hmm. sure that you're doing exactly what your family needs. Right. Um, and so when you kind of come at it from that way and, you know, being, being mom's on call and having the following that we have, um, not everybody loves us. And just because they follow us on Instagram doesn't mean they follow moms on call. They're waiting and, and we sit and we, you know, there, are, there are some times that, that we sit on the edge of our seat or, or on our knees on the edge of our bed praying because somebody didn't have that experience and they're mad, mad. or mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, that we could even say that a routine is important to them. That's just not what they believe. Yeah. Um, and so there are a lot of times they're on the attack. And, and so we always try to come back at those that are attacking us with just love and grace and understand that no routine moms on calls, not for everybody. It's okay. We yeah. don't believe there's a right way or, and a, or a wrong way. It's, the the right way is what you choose for your yeah. family. Yeah. Moms on call is just one of those. And um, and so we'll always come from that non-judgmental viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we we tend to have to fight that battle sometimes. And yeah. we just try to pour love and grace into those people who don't like us. So is this routine something that did you implement this with your, I mean, this book was not around 30 years ago. Did you implement this schedule with your children or is this something that you guys found worked through your years as pediatric nurses and nurses on call? It's a little bit of a combination of that. Um, My oldest, no, Um, I, I had nothing. I had no family. It was her and I. Um, I bounced her off of a couch until she was like six years old. She's 30. She still rocks herself to sleep. Um, <laughs> oh you know, never could put her down kind of, kind of thing. But when the next one comes, you're like, Oh wait, that's not possible. That's right. not reality for most mm-hmm. of us, mm-hmm. um, to be able to do that. And so, you know, so I, I was already a pediatric nurse at that point in California. We lived in, uh, Merced, uh, California, and I worked for this sweet single practitioner pediatrician. So he was old fashioned. We still did casting and sutures. And I mean, we did everything in this office alongside this man taught me everything that I know. Um, and, Uh, And so we had Allison and he was the one that kind of gently said, look, you got to start putting her down and letting Mm -hmm. her put herself to sleep. And he kind of, he didn't really have a lot of the details, but he did give me kind of that right hand line and left hand line. So that was Allison. Then we had, you know, these twins who, you know, we weren't really planning. They weren't planned. And I hate saying that um, out loud because three of my five children actually were not planned. Yeah. Um, And and, but we, you know, we wouldn't have it any other way. They are, right. they, they come absolutely complete our families. And I could not have created moms on call had I not walked mm-hmm. in all of those situations. Oh, and, 
And so the twins came along. Well, now I've got the twins and a three-year-old and a 12-year-old. And, and I'm like, oh my gosh, life is absolutely crazy and ridiculous now. And, you know, how, how are we going to manage? And the routine began to kind of come and play at that point um, with the twins. Then Brent was born um, and Brent is the post vasectomy baby. Um, so we had, you know, after the twins, oh we thought, yes, we have taken care of this. Um, and, oh. and God had other plans and right. little handsome, handsome came along. And I tell you, he is just the best thing in the whole wide world. And, um, and so that Brent was actually a week old and my boss, because at the time we were taking all the after hours calls for North Atlanta mm-hmm. pediatrics. And we actually, I did that for 20 years. I was on call 90 hours a week, took anywhere between two and 300 phone calls a week. There's not many people in this country that have talked to as many families um, as Jennifer and I have talked to. And, um, and so Dr. Knox, my boss said, hey, you need to start seeing our new moms. Go and tell them what to worry about, what not to worry about. So they're not calling you at two o'clock in the morning. Right. And I laughed at him. I said, I'm on call for you 90 hours a week and I just had my fifth kid. You know, there's <laughs> oh not gosh. enough hours in the day. Right. And, uh, and he said, that's what you're supposed to do. And, and I wrote a folder and, and began going into the homes really to kind of give them the day-to-day information. Like, hey, worry about this poop. Don't worry about this poop. Mm-hmm. You know what? Right. Here's how to do a bath and clip the nails. And hey, let's talk about feedings. Are you doing bottles? Are you doing breastfeeding? I don't care which one, but you got to have all the information you yeah. need. Um, and so meeting families right where they were and giving them a routine that I was doing with Brent as I, as I walked this out. And and it wasn't but about six weeks after going into the homes of these families now, um, you know, a little over 18 years ago, um, where they were like, oh my gosh, my baby's sleeping through the night as early as six to eight weeks of age. Reflux babies were coming off of reflux medicine. Parents were more confident. And so it's always so shocking and surprising because we didn't set out to be a sleep method. Mm-hmm. That really was not Jennifer and I's goal. Our goal was to go out and bring some confidence and be a voice of hope and encouragement to the families that were brought to us. The sleeping was actually a byproduct of the confidence that we were able to give to these families. And that's really the bottom line is if we're confident in whatever decisions that we're making, Mm -hmm. then the home feels a lot more secure, right? And then things tend to have that that, uh, fall into place a little bit better. Well, I think you definitely brought the hope and confidence into moms. I know it's worked with Maggie. You're telling your story about you rocking your daughter when she was six. Mm -hmm. It just triggered when my mom told me how she used to put me to sleep is she would drive me for hours on end in the middle of the night because I wouldn't sleep at home. I'd have to be moving. So I'm very, very thankful that you have a book in place because the thought of that would, it just drives me. I mean, I would be so overwhelmed. Right, right. And it, and it, it allows us routine, the routine and creating those good sleep habits should give us some freedom and predictability and confidence. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. So there is a lot that, that comes from the book that you read, you're going to have, you take it all in. And it's, it, for me, you know, when I first saw Maggie's schedule laid out on her son's door and the first thing I thought was, oh my gosh, instant overwhelm. Well, I wasn't pregnant at the time. She was she was the new mom, but I was one that was like, oh my goodness, like this just looks so intense every other hour. There's something to do. Um, but now it, looking at Maggie as a mom, she is just, she is killing it. She is such a flawless mom. She has the most, I'm oh not God, even no. just, I, I, I truly am not even just saying this. Her son is the most well-behaved child that my husband and I have ever seen. We compare all the babies to her son and he's on mom's on call. So that being said, is there any advice that you have for me or other new moms, you know, with the anxiety that comes into place and the, um, you know, the overwhelmness, any advice you have or tips that might help ease, you know, the first start of the, the roller coaster? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is to, to take one step at a time. Mm-hmm. It's one day at a time. It's one breath sometimes at a time and to lean in to the people that are around you it's okay to to one ask for help and it's okay to allow somebody to Mm -hmm. help you you know so I think lean into those people that are around you and and 
kind of lower your expectations. Um, it's, you know, it is that right hand line and that left hand line. It's not always going to be exactly like the routine that's laid out on the door. Um, but with Moms on Call, we're going to help you get back on track when we need to. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to give you that confidence that, oh, you know what? If I want to go to the park for a half a morning and that nap is on the go, that's okay. I'm going to get back on track with the one o'clock nap. Right. Or, you know, and so there's always those places, but probably the best advice is to give yourself some grace. You know, we talked mm-hmm. about grace a little bit ago, but moms especially, and even some dads, but moms especially, are, it's very hard at giving ourselves some of that grace. Yeah. The laundry's going to pile up, even though, yes, we've been type A and every time the laundry's done and it gets washed and it gets dried and it gets folded and it gets put away all at, you know, right on time, that might not happen. Yeah. It's okay. You may end up having to wash that load of laundry three times because it sours before you ever get it into the dryer, you know, or the dishwasher didn't get run and now the sink's piled up with dishes. So, so give yourself some grace, allow yourself some, some opportunity to say, you know what, it's okay if we eat out 10 times this week, because you know what, I just don't have it in me. This week's a rough week. Maybe it's a transition uh, in the routines and things are just a little bit rocky, but it's a period of time. And every day, every morning is is a new day. And so wipe the slate clean, put, get your feet back up underneath you and start over. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that's probably the best advice. I'll have to send you a picture of the, so we have a um, dry erase board and my husband, like I said, type A color coded and you've got the crazy day tips in red and (laughs) okay. You got to send that. Um, I mean, and so then every time we would update, I'd come out there, you know, each different schedule, he was updating about the crazy day always in red. Cause we got to hit those, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he is a very much, I mean, I almost feel like he should be sitting right here oh. beside this interview. He is like, a, a, he will tell everybody about moms on call and wants to get everybody the book. And I'm like, I don't know if we can, that's gotta be their decision. I don't think we can force the book on them, but we do very, we talk about it. With the bow. Yeah. Um, okay. And this is, this is kind of a personal question just with your life. You mentioned 300 calls a week. 90 hours. I think the book says you're answering calls from 5 a.m. to 8.30. Um, no, from 5 p.m. p.m. until 8.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. When in the world were you sleeping? Uh, <laughs> not much. And different seasons, you know, back in the olden days, um, different seasons were a lot busier for the pediatric practice mm-hmm. um, than other seasons. So I would sleep there. Um, but I definitely couldn't sleep during the day. I had too many kids and none right. of the kids and, and the age separation didn't allow me a lot of downtime. Um, because when the, if they were sleeping, by gosh, I had 10 other things that had to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, yes, I, Jennifer took call as well. So I was off some nights and would try to sleep then. And I really did try to to manage that the best that I could at that season of my life. Um, I did retire from that three years ago. So I'm still teaching myself how to sleep longer than about 45 minute chunks. So um, my advice would be don't take a job that you have to take call all night long and have all these kids during the day and not have that opportunity to rest. That's Um, incredible. It is. It does take a toll. Oh, for sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. I was going to say, I feel like you'd need like octopus legs to kind of manage everything that you were doing, but also like kind of while you're sleeping, you're just doing it in your sleep. (laughs) I kept waiting for that extra set of arms to grow, you know, um, and it it just never did. I will say that once Moms on Call really started taking some some traction here in Mm -hmm. Atlanta, and a lot of our patients at the office were doing Moms on Call, we did see a huge drop. Uh, in those after hours calls. Oh, wow. um, so that was what's a huge blessing and, and it did become a little more manageable. So that's uh, how, you know, it was working. Yes. Mom's on call yep. schedule. Yeah. Was working. <laughs> yep. yep. No well, doubt. My sister, um, I'm from it. I'm from a little town outside of Atlanta. Um, and I do feel like a lot of people in Atlanta were familiar with this, but I follow a blogger out in California who also follows this. Are you ever surprised with the like, nationwide spread of moms on call 
Oh yeah, every day the world spread. I mean, it is absolutely crazy. I mean, I do virtual consults literally around the world. It is nothing for me to be talking to a mom in you know Israel and emailing a mom in South Africa. I mean, it's just how incredible. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So last week, um, I guess it was two weeks ago, my son had hand, foot, and mouth. Oh, it was awful. I mean, I have horrible. Oh my goodness. So painful. And I, I I mean, literally I would look at the blisters he would have. And I'm thinking if I go on a run and get a blister on the back of my Achilles, I'm like complaining about it for weeks. And here he is, he's got him in his mouth and everything. And I think the biggest part where he had him was his mouth. And this is a question kind of about regression and maybe an overall question, but we found that when he had it, he we've moved to the sippy cup and he's doing really well. He did not take it at all for about a week and a half. And so we then went back to bottle feeding. He also wanted to cuddle a little bit more with me, which was amazing, but he was being very independent about, about, um, taking the sippy cup. So just a question and advice on regression, whether it's sleep regression or where they now want to be back on the bottle. And that was, you know, I I honestly, I'm like telling on myself too. I feel like you're my teacher. (laughs) We went to the bottle, but are moments like that okay to say, Absolutely. hey, we can't do the sippy cup this week? Well, when they're sick, we just have to do what we have to do to kind of get through until they're not sick. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with something like an illness, hand, foot, and mouth, we just got to keep them hydrated. The number, it's, it's a virus, so it's got to run its course. So we have to keep them hydrated. And however we can keep them hydrated, fantastic. Does that mean that I might not would still offer the sippy cup in that time and just see if he wants it? Oh, you know what? Maybe if I take um, some yogurt smoothie Mm -hmm. and make it really cold with some frozen fruit and some yogurt and put that into a a sippy cup, maybe with a straw because he's 10 months old now, you know, Mm -hmm. so maybe put a straw and he might take that because, oh, now that feels so good in that mouth and that throat. And that's a little different. So maybe I'm going to do it that way, but okay, well, the milk he's not really taken. We'll just throw that in a bottle Uh uh, and that'll be perfectly fine. So during those times, that's great. The thing is you don't want to stay there forever, right? You don't want to allow the train to stay off the track Mm -hmm. past the time that it needed to stay off the track. And so once they're not sick anymore, they're not running a fever, the blisters are gone, he's acting perfectly fine and 99% of his daily life activities, then we put the train back on the track. And that includes putting the train back on on the track for the sippy cup and nap times and nighttime sleep. And, and we just put it all back on the track and we move forward and we get through three or five really rough days and things tend to work itself out. That's the same thing with any developmental um, milestones or breakthroughs. And and we don't like to use the word regression in that situation, Mm -hmm. Um, like the four month developmental breakthrough and, And Julie, you will hear, oh my gosh, I mean, the amount of negative um, words that come out around that four-month sleep regression, you will hear it. It'll be in every inbox email that you get that, you know, from every company, every blogger, every influencer, every social, you will will have this fear thrown at you between, you know, about this four month um, sleep regression. No, it's a developmental breakthrough. They're starting to come out of the swaddle. Now they're trying to find their comfy spot. Unfortunately, people keep, you know, these kids in these like sleep suits that don't allow them to move. And so they're four months old and they're wanting to roll over and find their comfy spot, but they can't. And, you know, so it's, it's a developmental breakthrough Mm -hmm. when those things happen, whether it's that, or whether they're learning to sit up or stand up, or they have a language explosion at two years old, you're always going to have these kind of ups Mm -hmm. and downs. And if we know they're not sick, then what we need you to do and what they need you to do is keep things in place. Mm -hmm. Keep things in place so that they know that life is consistent. Mm -hmm. And so it takes three to five days, things get back on track and we move on to the next thing. And and developmental breakthroughs happen about every six weeks, let me just tell you. It is so cool to hear you say that because I remember 
people scaring me about yeah. this four month regression and yeah. kind of adding to the anxiety thing. You're just waiting on this like impending doom moment. Yeah. And yeah. it actually, for us, it wasn't that bad. We had a couple of bad nights. Yeah. We just, it was, and it wasn't even, it wasn't even bad, but I do feel like these people will scare you. And then it just adds on to your already anxiety of being a mom. And then you're just, you're just waiting for this awful thing to happen. Right. And then three months later, you know, you go in and try to fix it because somebody said, oh, you know what? It's that four month sleep regression. So you just got to do what you got to do. And so you start holding them and you start rocking them to sleep. You start nursing them again. Now you're up three or four times at night. And, and then three months go by and you're still dealing with the four month sleep regression that, right. was that, that happened three months ago, you know, whereas if we just kind of, okay, you know what? They're safe. They're loved beyond measure. Mm-hmm. This is a bump in the road. They're just trying to find their comfy spot, create a consistent routine and a consistent safe environment, which for moms on call, we'll use sleep sex once they're rolling over easily, mm-hmm. um, but give them some time to figure out how to roll over easily first. So create that safe sleep environment, a consistent routine, and it becomes a bump in the road. It's just a speed bump. It's one or two nights and things will get right back on track. Speaking of sleeping, that is, I think what I have the most, I won't say anxiety, but most nerves, I guess, about is when they do start to roll over. And then, you know, I'm going to be constantly nervous that his nose is you know, he slips his head and like, oh goodness, you know, God forbid something, you know, horrible happens. That's just, you know, me being hypochondriac and thinking. Well, and that does, it will get better Yeah, the the longer they're here. And, and really what we say is, you know, we, we don't have any control over that. We really Mm -hmm. don't. And that it is a scary thing. Um, We're going to do the best that we can. We're going to have a new mattress and the newer mattresses are all breathable. The sheets are breathable. The material that you put around it is all breathable. So we're going we're gonna to have, have those newer mattresses. We're not going to have blankets and pillows in the crib with them. Right. We're going right. to give them the ability to roll over easily. Okay. Mm-hmm. We don't want anything hindering them from being able to roll back over when they get ready to. Um, we're not going to smoke around our kids. We're going to keep the temperature in the house at, a, at between that 68 and 72 degree mark. We're going to get their checkups, right? We're going to take them into the doctor. We're going to make sure that we're looking for those things that, that may indicate that something is up. And that is what our job is. And when they roll over, if they've worked the muscles enough mm-hmm. to roll over themselves, then they can roll back over. They may not know how for a night or two, but they can. And they'll turn that head where they need to go mm-hmm. in order to sleep well. Because otherwise, the only other option would be to stand there and flip them like a pancake. And right. that's unrealistic. Yeah, um, That's not healthy for them or you uh, at that point. Oh, absolutely. So I think one of our top questions that we got from some of our listeners was how do you compare to taking care of babies? I don't know. I have no idea. I've never looked at her stuff. Um, I I, occasionally somebody will send us something that she posts and Mm -hmm. and I think she's adorable from what I've seen. Um, I think that she gives a lot of options from my, the best that I can. And again, don't hold me to it because I have not looked at her stuff. But from what I can gather, it seems like she wants to meet everybody wherever they are mm-hmm. and give all the options so that people can make the decisions um, that they need to make for their house. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that that it's fine if that works. Uh, what I feel moms on call is, is we don't give you a ton of options. <laughs> do it this way or don't do it this way. It's perfectly fine. Um but we're, we're going to kind of weed out a lot of the, the broadness right. of that. We're going to kind of narrow that down. We're going to be pretty clear and straightforward. Um, we're just not going to give you a whole lot of, of wiggle room. That's yeah. what give I, that's some. what I needed. That, yeah, we needed that. Some. Yeah. Well, you know, don't get me wrong. I don't want it so strict that you can't live. Yeah. Um, but we can't, I just feel like we can't meet every, we can't keep saying a lot of different things because it just causes a lot of confusion. Um, yeah and chaos, we tend to be a little more consistent. 
And, and that's what Maggie was, the whole thing with mom's on call. She's like, it's very direct. It's assertive. It points you in the right direction. I definitely need that in my life. I need that. I need like a life coach constantly on my shoulder, just telling me what to do every day. Cause I'm just like, which way do I go? But I think they both offer schedules. And so for you, I have a question. It's basically for me personally. I, my fear is when we have this newborn for both of our families, I'm worried essentially I want them to honor and respect how we are raising our kids because, you know, like the older generation, they've all raised kids before and they didn't follow a mom's on call or a taking care of baby or really any kind of schedule. It was just go with the flow, what feels right. But for us, like this is going to be really important just to make sure, you know, our sanity is there. He's on a really good schedule. So how, how, what advice would you give to me as a new mom or any other new moms out there, you know, for letting your families know, Hey, this is, this is how we're going to do it. Like, please respect our boundaries, but in a more, you know, loving way. Loving way. Yes. I think that it really kind of boils down to keeping it very light mm-hmm. and just be like, Hey, we follow a routine in our house. It's not going to be exact, but Hey, we got this routine. It allows us the confidence that we need and the predictability that we need so that we can enjoy right. the moments from day to day. However, I will say that there are some things that you can control Mm -hmm. and there are some things that you cannot. And grandparents are one of the things you cannot control. Mm -hmm. They will do things with their grandkids that they never would have done with their own kids because their job description's different. So I want them to have the freedom to build the grandparent relationship with their grandkids. Because to me, that's so much more important than whether or not they follow the mom's on call routine. so true. And so, because whatever they do when they're with their grandparents, you can fix when they get home. Yes, there's always a detox period, you know, but the truth of the matter is they're going to know what they can get away at grandma's house and what they can't get away with at your house. Yeah. And that relationship, that grandparent and grandson uh, relationship is so much more important mm-hmm. than whether or not they agree with the way we're doing things. That doesn't mean that you just lay back and let them walk all, all over you. You can absolutely say, hey, I love the way that you love this grandson of yours. But, you know, if you could just hit this time and this time, it'll be great. And a lot of times when you don't overwhelm them with, you've got to feed them at seven o'clock and you better have them in the bed by 745, you know, no, that's not the way we're going to do this. They may take the naps and just hold him and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know what? If you could just make sure that he's fed at 4 p.m. for me, that would really help me out. Okay. So, and, and, and the phrase, I'm sure you understand. Yes. Yeah, that's good. I'm sure you understand how important this Mm -hmm. is to our family so that we can get the rest that we need in the evenings. That is speed at four o'clock. That'd be great. That's a very approachable and kind hearted way to say it, but we are really excited just for this entire moment that, you know, we are going to, it's our first, the first grandson on my family's side and, you know, the youngest on my husband's family's side. So, um, I think for us, you know, that we will definitely approach it in that, in that manner, the relationship with the grandparents is certainly more important than, you know, maybe taking a step or two back. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm sure you've heard of baby led weaning and I know from certain or personal experiences with, with my, my parents and, you know, grandkids that they already have seeing kids, you know, eat whole foods or like large portions of food can be a little bit uncomfortable. Um, what is your advice on baby led weaning and like when to, or how to incorporate that with the moms on call? Again, I've never looked at baby led weaning, so I can't. (laughs) completely tell you exactly what it is or isn't right my understanding is they just start off handing large large chunks of food and Mm -hmm. and you just whatever they want they want and and kind of unfor my personal belief and mom's on calls belief is that oral motor development is progressive Mm -hmm. so we wouldn't expect them to run before they learn to roll over and sit up and crawl. And then we want them to go run and then run the marathon, right? right? So I'm not going to hand a chicken leg to my six month old before they figure out how to move food around in their mouth. 
Mm-hmm. So months on call is kind of a version of, of what I understand baby mm-hmm. blood weaning to be. We've just been doing it this way for, you know, 19 years almost now, um, way before baby lead weaning was ever uh, a buzzword. Okay. Um, right. And so really what we do is, and, and the biggest thing that I want you to know is, yes, we start off with purees because we prefer you to start between four and six months of age. And it is not a date on the calendar. Right. It is according to your, one of your kids may be ready at four months of age and one might not be ready till five months of age. Mm -hmm. If they're able to sit up with minimal support, they have good head control. They are looking at that food you're eating and saying like, lady, come on, let me, you know, (laughs) Uh, that's a good indication that they're ready to start. Okay. And so we do start off with some purees just because I want to get some things on my menu. You right. can only give one new thing at a time. We have to make sure there's no reactions. Right. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get started with those purees between four and six months of age. The trick is to not stay there. Right. Unfortunately, I think baby led weaning came on, onto the forefront because people were using pureed jar foods. Mm-hmm. And what you buy at the store is literally liquid all the way through stage three, which is used to not be that way. Right. Um, And you'll hear me say back in the olden days, stage one was pureed, stage two was starting to be more of a fork mush where you couldn't pour it out the jar. And stage three was like pieces, chunks of food. That's not the way it is anymore. Mm -hmm. So these families were staying on purees through, you know, 12, 15 months of age. And so their kids were never getting exposed to the texture. Yeah. That is not what we're about. So Mm -hmm. if you go to the knowledge center, uh, at momsoncall.com, we have the solid food introduction calendar and we just added a ton of bonus material. And when I say bonus, I am talking, we are giving you food groups. And for four to six months, you pick one or two from each of these, from two or three of these food groups. And, and we kind of walk you through so that you can start to think about what that looks like. But what we do with consistencies is we do purees for a few weeks, literally. Then we're going to start to kind of do it less pureed. So it may be a little fork mushed with a little bit of breast milk or formula. Then it's going to get to just fork mush. So usually by six, six and a half months of age, you're only fork mushing it and you're feeding it. By Mm -hmm. six and a half to seven months of age, they're eating anything that you can mush between your finger. So, you know, whether it's roasted, you know, butternut squash or avocados or whatever it is, if you can mush it, they can have it just one new thing at a time. So you just want variety, 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 uh, and increase those textures so that by, you know, seven, seven, eight months of age, they're pretty much eating what you guys are eating and they're exploring and, and, and solid foods. There's no nutritional benefit Mm -hmm. until after a year old. Yeah. So this is all practice, right? So they could eat one bite or they could eat 20 perfectly fine. Okay. Um, and really right now, what it's all about is more of the brain, the Mm -hmm. gross motor skills, the fine motor skills, Mm -hmm. the, the brain feeling and touching and seeing and smelling and squishing and dropping and all of that exploration that happens is so important reaching you know, because if they have two or three pieces on their tray, what we want them to do is learn how to reach over midline. So now they're reaching midline to grab that piece of, you know, butternut squash that's gotten stuck over in that corner and pulling it back. Um, so there's just so much more to, to foods mm-hmm. than whether or not they eat a ton of it or, or not. So the food thing was definitely where I had, I found myself giving myself the most grace Um, because in the beginning, it really did stress me out and, oh my, he has to have this amount. And then just reading more that it really, like you said, it really is just practice. The nutritional stuff is coming from we're we're formula, um, is coming from his formula. So this is just practice getting him used to it. And the more I kind of told myself that then I was able to not get as frustrated, but more proud when, okay, now he's starting to pinch. And like you said, reaching over and doing all that stuff. So that really was, that was probably my, the hardest thing for me was it's going to be okay. This is practice. You got to give yourself some grace. Don't matter. Right. Right. 
and make it fun and let them see you eat Mm -hmm. because, you know, I think so often we'll put them in a high chair over in the corner, in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Pull them up to the table. Yeah. We eat right. Staring at them. Yes. And let them see you eating and enjoying the food that you're eating and, and make sure the food tastes good. So, you know, yeah, jarred food's fine. Don't get me wrong. Grab some jarred foods to start off with or on the crazy days. But man, it's so simple nowadays with diced frozen veggies. You can buy those bags of diced frozen veggies, throw it on a cookie sheet, sprinkle with some olive oil, throw some oregano and basil on it and throw it in the oven at, you know, 425 for 15 minutes. And you're awesome. Now you're delicious. You can do pureed. You can do fork mushed. You can give it to them right off the pan. Now you can mix it all together and throw it in a bowl on some quinoa for you with a chicken breast and you're good to go, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, so don't let it overwhelm you. Mm -hmm. Don't get so hung up on amounts. And you know what? The truth of the matter is there's going to be some days you feel like doing solids and there's going to be some days that you're like, no, I can barely get a, go to the bathroom today. Yeah, that is so true. Um, my, my, I think I've got two more questions and, and one of them, actually both of them kind of pertain to my situation right now. We just got back from the beach um, and Tipton, that's my son's name. Sorry. I don't even think I've told you that. My son's name is Tipton. Yeah. <laughs> um, he has been very consistent from the eight weeks being seven to seven. And at the beach this week, he was waking up at 5 a.m. every day. Now I will say that we were on vacation. So there weren't enough room. He didn't have his own room. So we were sharing a room with him. So I don't know if he was hearing us a little bit more. He could feel our presence. Um, we were at the beach for three nights. Every night was 5 a.m. And then we got home. He did it again here one night. I was wondering, do you see that kids during the summer months maybe wake up a little bit earlier? Oh, absolutely. Well, one, you know, the, the routines are a little different, you know, so there may be some, some inconsistency from day to day that happens. Mm-hmm. We do go on vacation. And so, you know, the things that, um, the smells and the, the active people have to sleep in the same room. And so they do, they're more aware mm-hmm. of those things. All perfectly normal. Yeah. The thing is, when you get back, you, you do what you have to do to survive. And when you get back home, you give it three to five nights and things will get right back on track. Yeah, this morning it actually was 630. So I do feel like we were at the beach. So like his 1 p.m. nap became 230 and we just weren't hitting. But I was trying to again. I, you know, I, you had just posted that thing about the summer just giving yourself some grace again on vacations. And so I was like, it, it is OK. We're not we're only here for three days. Let's enjoy this. Yes. And, and it shouldn't, and, and understand that his world is, is just being different and mm-hmm. we want him to enjoy it, but things are just different. And so he doesn't have time to adjust and figure out he could, he would figure it out there just like he will when he gets back home. Right. Um, but give yourself some grace and enjoy that. Don't let it stretch out. He'll be fine. Mm-hmm. All right. So my last question again about sleep, um, is he sometimes will skip that 9am nap. And I mean, we put him in the crib and he is, he, she should be going to sleep, but he's not. And we were really hoping that we were going to be that family to get to 15 months. I don't think we're going to, um, before we have to drop that 9am nap is, is, is 10 months too early, too early to be going down to one, yeah, it's to one a nap? Bit too early. I, I want to make sure that that's the only left, the option that's left uh-huh. uh, to do that. And I had to do that with Brent. Brent had two older brothers and, you know, the, you know, the twins were 18, there's 18 months difference between the twins and Brent. So Brent thought he was a triplet and the twins knew he oh, wasn't, wow. you know? Yeah. Um, and so, but Brent wanted to be with them and there was so much going on and he just didn't want to miss anything. Mm-hmm. And so I did end up going to one nap. I just pulled the boys nap earlier and pushed his up a little bit and they just all went down. Um, but I want to make sure that that's the only option. Right. Um, and I don't know if we're there yet. Yeah, I feel, I feel it coming. Yeah. So let's, you know, I would like to get to at least 12 months if possible, even if it's okay. just quiet time, you can try and shift that morning to about 915, 930 and see how he does. And then just okay. quiet time from 930 to 1030. Then okay. he can get up at 1030 and have a snack and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, see if that doesn't help. All right. Well, I'll have to get um, my husband to update the 
the easel. (laughs) Update the schedule. That's right. That's right. Okay. So we're going to kind of wrap it up here. And I think this is kind of like the finale question for all new moms, even existing moms, but I'm experiencing this now. I know Maggie, you went through this when you were approaching, um, motherhood, but it's mom shaming. So any advice on how to handle mom shaming, mom judgment with whether you breastfeed or bottle, follow a schedule or don't, um, just the pressures of, you know, everybody is going to hate on you, whether it's for one thing or another, um, any advice on how to handle that? Yeah, I love that. And, and I think really what you have to come back to is, do you love your children? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is yes, then all those other voices don't matter. In my own house, I have done a little bit of everything and in so many different areas from, you know, I had epidurals to deliver natural. I nursed some exclusively. I did formula only with the last one. And, and he loves me just as much as mm-hmm. the ones I nursed. He's the healthiest of all my children. Go figure. Um, <laughs> and I'm really big in saying the way we feed our kids is not near as important as the heart of the one who's doing the feeding. And that kind of oh, spreads wow. over into all the things that we do. Uh, I've done private school. I've done homeschool. I've done public school with my kids. Um, so really, you have to find what works in your house at this particular season of your life. And always filter everything through the truth. And the truth is your kids are loved beyond measure in an amazing home. They're going to be just fine. That's really beautifully said. That really I is. that like framed on my wall. <laughs> Honestly, if we could just have you move in and just be a, a positive right. force That's field right. in our house. That's right. There you go. There you go. But we got the next best thing. Which yeah. Is- you know, all of our resources. You're always with us right here. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And not only the books, but you know, have the podcast. So last thing we want to say, congratulations. Oh, it has been so much fun. It is awesome. So you and Jennifer started this podcast. I think you guys launched a month ago. Yes. Um, Right out about four weeks ago, I think. And um, it has been just so much fun. And really our goal with that is to just be a little less, um, clinical, so to speak, Mm -hmm. you know, and not, you know, in so many of the things that we do, we've got to make sure that every I is dotted and every T is crossed. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a little more freedom, um, to be able to just have the conversations, um, and to just kind of give a a little bit of a glimpse into, to our life, what it was Mm -hmm. like back then, also where we are right now, and sometimes to not just focus on the routines and the feedings and the but hey, let's focus on community. Let's focus on each other. And, um, and hopefully what that'll be is it'll bring some encouragement and confidence to the families that are listening. And um, so, yeah, so we're really excited. Well, we are loving it. It's awesome. Good, good. I'm li- I listen to it on all of my daily walks. I'm loving it so far. You guys are crushing it. So please just continue. And Laura, we are so, so thankful that you were able to join us today. And we're so excited for the launch of your podcast and thankful again for just the tips and the tricks that you share with the mom community, with your platform. Moms, if you're listening, if you want sanity in your life, follow this book and be sure to check out the Moms on Call podcast and follow their Instagram at Moms on Call. Thank you guys for listening. Come hang out next Thursday for your weekly pump and dump.